This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert Seth Green, teach two things. How to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year, and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com slash connect. To find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth. Hi, everybody. This is Tom Geffers, along with my wife, Maria Geffers, from Career and College Counselors. Welcome to our website. And today, we are excited to have two people from Philadelphia, professionals in theater. And they are going to tell us exactly what's been happening the last year and a half and where we're going in the future. So uh, who we have today is uh, Ross Beschler, who is a stage actor and also an adjunct professor in Philadelphia, very well known. And also we have a very well known director and writer, Brenna Geffers, and she is an adjunct professor as well. So we'll start off with the introductions of what you do and get rolling. Yeah, tell us about your aha moment that you decided to go into these careers. Wow, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I feel like there's a, a lot of little aha moments on the way uh, to the, on this journey. Definitely always wanted to be involved with the stage as uh, as I was growing up uh, and then sort of decided that directing was what I wanted to do when I was an undergrad because I was I was required to take a directing course. It wasn't something I was initially interested in but while I was in the course directing the scene work uh, for the class I, I had my aha moment. I was like this is this is it. This is what I want to do. So it was, uh, it was kind of a, a surprise. And then, you know, you kind of just keep changing and learning as you go. Lots of aha moments. What about you, Ross? Me? I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess probably a lot. I I felt like I was really lucky and had a very amazing theater program at my high school and had opportunities to act on a lot of things and create my own work and write. And it just felt like when I was in high school, it was the place to put my creativity where I came to life, where I had community with other people. Um, it was just like, it was just the place to be and I didn't really want to do anything else. And I remember when I went to college and I was like, maybe I'll major in theater, but maybe I'll try something else. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try a film class. And I took like a film, a film like theory class and I was so lost and hated it so much. I was like, no, 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 I guess, I guess I'll just be a theater major. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the aha moments kind of have to continue. Um, you know, theater is kind of like, it's sometimes it's a living, but it's always a life. So it's sort of a life that you, 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 you keep choosing. Mm -hmm. 
Because um, I mean, even even now, like uh, it's interesting. In the in the, I know uh, we're talking a bit about the pandemic here. There are a few people who I have been colleagues with for a long time who, in the wake of the pandemic, were kind of like, you know what? I think I think I am going to do something different. They've had some aha moments the other way, and I think that that just happens all the time. Actually, mm -hmm. I think we just had we've seen some a fair amount of it lately. I love how you were saying that it's like your journey is full of aha moments like each one and each one can take you either on the path to in theater or even take you out of the path mm -hmm. like you were saying so uh so it's ever evolving would you say the theater and your commitment to it yes yes good good all right ross uh you did a lot of online teaching so did you brenna but uh how did you obviously your your profession is very physical and a lot of it is very meeting one-on-one -on -one and feeling the, the energy from, from your different students and your, your fellow actors. How were you able to pivot that into remote learning? I mean, that is, I mean, that was difficult for regular teachers, if you will, but for you to pivot into an online program, uh, you know, talk, tell us a little bit about that. Both of you did teach online, but I know Ross was actually physically having to teach movement and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, the movement class was really challenging and I feel really lucky that I didn't have to teach a class, a movement class from the beginning because the, the, the following is in the fall. Um, you know, I taught, an, uh, I had my first experience of teaching a class that was remote and online from beginning to end. And that was, that had both its own challenges and its own opportunities, but it wasn't, uh, it didn't happen to be a movement class. My movement class, we were right in the middle. We'd been doing, you know, mask. We've been doing clown. We've been doing um, Grotowski movement. We'd been doing animal shapes. Like we're doing all this, all this stuff. And we had a, um, a sort of movement, like warm up progression that we did every day. And uh one thing i definitely kept was that progression every day we started class we 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 got in front of our cameras so we could all see each other sort of full body and moved through it together and that was weird but comforting i did focus on um i did focus my the rest of my semester on a movement style that was closer to that was less free form and more about like learning a form, sort of like teaching someone a yoga progression or something. Mm -hmm. It was it was a, a biomechanics, which is has a very specific form to it. And it felt like using the online tools was the best use of my time for that so that we could so that they could practice it on their own. They could even record themselves like showing the progression, you know, things like contact improv just just didn't seem like like it was it was going to be on the table in any useful way. Um, so I focused on that, and I also focused on I I, I I I had a great opportunity when I was we started talking about movement and different movement ideas. And I was like, why don't you guys bring in some clips of movement that you think is sort of in the territory of what we're talking about? And so everybody brought in um, video clips that we were able to share and talk about online, and it ended up being a much more uh, interesting and useful kind of way of working than I had anticipated. And I felt like that continued to happen over mm -hmm. the course of of, of of sort of this emergency teaching online. I was always discovering that like, well, some things some things should wait until we're back in the room, but other things other things kind of opened up. So that's that was that was how that semester worked for me. <laughs> but so I don't know. I think it would have been really hard if we'd had to to encounter each other for the first time mm -hmm. online. 
Um, and I don't envy anybody who had to do that. Yeah. What did you find that was valuable uh, in that remote experience? I know you were kind of uh, skirting around it and talking about it, but be very direct. What was the value that you found? Sure. Here? Um, one thing I found, I started using, I was also while, um, so I used some of my time over the course of the last year to get a uh, certificate in online teaching basics because I was feeling like I, I needed better ideas and um, and uh, I ended up finding tools that I was really, really happy with. Um, and some of them, if anyone you know knows anything about online education, they're really basic, but for me, they were really revelatory, like um, turning writing assignments into uh, discussion boards so that students are able to submit assignments and other students are able to see what they wrote and then comment on them. I felt like that went a long way towards creating the kind of open dialogue community that I that that the technology of being in a room together is so good at. Mm -hmm. And um, and even improved upon it in some ways because you had students who might not normally put um, might not speak a lot or might sort of hang back, had more room and time and were in fact required to <laughs> respond more. And so they did. And I had more time to sort of like respond to it and think about it. So there were ways in which sort of a more fully engaged participation with the, the thinking and the ideas and the progression of the other students in the class was uh, possible. And that's something I'm hoping to planning to keep uh, mm -hmm. into the future actually i'm planning to keep assignments that 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 um that function in the same way i also found that there were some students i definitely i had i had one student in um in the in the spring i taught an intro acting uh class for majors and i uh i had i had one student who was maybe 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 not quite ready for the level we were working at and i think if we had been in person it would have been a big problem mm -hmm. but i i was able to really pace the class for them like i felt like some students really benefited from have being a little more solo and being able to take the work at their own pace and work on it in their own way and that i, I saw some students really benefit from that actually and mm -hmm. um that's something that i am pondering how to take with me that lesson that 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 there are ways to accommodate different sort of learning styles and even different um expertise levels i'm 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 i uh I feel like I feel like in an in-person class, I might have, I don't know, I might have, I might have, I might have done some form of kind of giving up or throwing my hands up, or, <laughs> or maybe even ignoring the student. I like to think not, but you know, sometimes when you're teaching, you you're 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 you're, you're triaging stuff, and um, and I was able to not do that this time, and that felt pretty good. So you actually, this was something that could have been a negative that you actually turned into a positive, a real learning experience for you. And really turned around your whole philosophy of teaching. Yep. You know, which yeah, is. I think is, it's not too. I think great. it's not too much of a stretch to say that. Yeah. Yeah, Brenna, I know you were online, so I'm just going to quickly go to you. What were some of the challenges that you had to overcome? Um, it's interesting because you mentioned like you uh, feeling each other's energy, and that's an, a, a large aspect of teaching acting classes is getting people, getting students to listen to each other. Um, it's a skill, you know, and it's, it's something we all think we're good at, but we're actually not, um, you know. So uh, that sort of kinesthetic awareness and listening uh, was something that was hard to recapture uh, initially uh, in the digital space. But there are other benefits, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I think it allowed some students to be even braver with their performances than they might have been in person. So mm -hmm. pros mm -hmm. and cons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So uh, how did you talk? Uh, how did you talk about theater to your students during a time when there was no theater? You know, encouraging students to continue on with this profession when really no one knew, especially in Philadelphia, when Philadelphia was going to open up and to give them the fortitude to continue on in the profession, because it's hard enough when things are booming, but now it was really devastating to the theater, uh, you know, profession. So how do how did you encourage your students to keep on keep on fighting the good fight? Well, you know, it's funny, especially at the undergraduate level. It is the rare student who is actually very conscious of, of the larger professional world outside of their university, you know, and rightly so, you know, they've gone to university to be ensconced in a thing for a while. Um, and it's not, I find it's not until like a year or two after they've graduated that suddenly they realize, oh my gosh, there's this whole world out here that I find I have to make my way in. And it's different from the one I was in in college. And you get all the emails from the students be like, they all want advice two years afterwards, which yeah. is great. Which is, but it's Yeah. Yeah. yeah, being yeah. A teacher. And, and, and even though you try to tell them about it, they don't really believe you. <laughs> I find they often are like, no. I, I think I, I I mean the 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 information they get about what the entertainment industry is like from watching TV and watching you know podcasts and and um, is 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 a very specific kind of world and you don't really see the backstage of that so it's it it's just it's a rare student who is who has that. <laughs> in fact one of the only times I ever had I was doing a um, uh, a monologue coaching class for um, for 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 professionals and semi-professionals, but outside of the university environment, and that was the only time that I was doing a one-on-one -on -one coaching with a student who's a young actor in Philadelphia, and they asked me, "Do you think do you think it's ever going to come back? What, what are, do you think this is just a waste of time?" <laughs> <laughs> and my answer was, "I don't. I do think I do think things are going to come back. I don't think this is a waste of time." Um, you know, it was an opportunity just to work on, like, I did find that, that physical skills, physical presence were harder to work on, but sort of the raw techniques of like, of, 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 of script analysis and being on action and even just the simple, like reaching, reaching your partner across a zoom link. These were all like skills you could really work on and skills that were going to serve you well in a film setting in a, in a digital work setting and in sort of like, there was still a ton of acting and people debate about whether it was theater or not, but there's still a ton of performance art happening over the last year and a half. Which brings and us perfectly <laughs> into Brenna's piece. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get into that. And you, know, you have a lot of interesting things to talk about there. And uh, that could be the future of theater, you know, moving forward to some degree. But Brenna, last uh, March 15th or so, you know, you're, in, you're sitting in Philadelphia and all of a sudden, you know, theater comes to a standstill. You're a director, you're a writer. What happened to you when that, you know, <laughs> finally, you know, hit you? What am I going to do now? What did you do? Well, we had just closed the show right before the pandemic. So for, it's funny, there's a, a lot of people for whom their last live show was a show that we did uh, with my company. Uh, Ross was also in it. Uh, and. And so I'm on, on like, and on, on like, we close that show. It's all exciting. We've got big plans. Lots, of, you know, like lots of shows coming up. Uh, we were going to go to Indonesia in the summer. 
you know, like all these theater things we had lined up. And then within two weeks, they were gone. Um, all of it, you know, all of the, all, all of it was gone. Um, and uh, it was, it was very shocking. But uh, we, uh, so I have a company that's called Diecast uh, that I founded with, uh, co-founded with a designer named Tom Weaver. And we build a lot of our own work, uh, and it's in an immersive style, which means the audience moves around the space rather than sitting in a in a theater. Uh, and because of that, we have, we were using actually private Facebook pages to communicate with actors already, and that's how we were building shows. We'd like record things and post them on the Facebook so that we could keep track of it and writing assignments. So we were really already were using remote collaboration. So when the pandemic kind of hit, uh, we just kept doing that. And so we, I reached out to the, the group and I was like, well, who's ready to make a show now? And like half of them were like, I'm ready. And half of them were like, I'm not ready, not ready to make a show. <laughs> uh, so we started, we picked up a, a kind of a, a, a show that had been kind of on our to-do list. Like we should go, we should make this show about this thing. So we're like, well, let's do it now. So we released in April, we released a show that we had created for a digital space. It copied sort of a Reddit style format. So basically like it was episodic, but all on one page. So you could kind of scroll down and sort of learn the story. And it was through video, YouTube videos, video, TikToks, Instagram. Like it was a collage of different online things that sort of told the story of this woman kind of getting recruited into a cult basically. No, spoilers, but, and so, uh, and was, what's really funny is that, you know, so we're like, okay, we're going to use Zoom to do this one scene. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, we're going to use Zoom to do this one scene. And so some people had not even used Zoom yet. So it was like sort of this interesting, like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to use Zoom. And now we're going to do this scene. And it's, it's so funny because like, it was so early. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, we could have done that so much better. You know, like we weren't good enough with Zoom to really pull it off, but we did it. Uh, and then once, then we just kept going, kept making work. So. And then you had a good experience uh, in Florida, correct? Yes. So before the pandemic, actually right before the pandemic, we had been in, we had been invited down to go to Miami to create a piece for a hotel. Uh, through the uh, Miami Cultural uh, and Tourism Office. It was very, very sort of, it was great. It was really interesting and it was gonna be very exciting. And then of course, you know, like, okay, well, we're not gonna go to Miami because there's a pandemic, but the Miami Cultural Office is like, well, hold on, we'll figure out what to do. So eventually we ended up going down in December of all time. So we're in, it's December and we, once again, we go back to the group. It's like, who's ready to travel? <laughs> And most people were like, I am not ready to travel. But a couple people were like, I'm ready. I can do this. So, you know, and, uh, you know, tested, you know, like we had, you know, bought, bought the thermometers. We had the oxygen, oxygen level trackers. And we were in this hotel, closed down hotel by ourselves uh, to make a piece. So we were all quarantined in. So what we decided to do was we did these long takes down the hallway. We'd go into rooms. And the actors would be in the rooms performing, doing these like physical movement sequences. And then I'd back up and I'd go down the hallway, you know, like down the elevator. And so the actors are sort of moving behind me so they can pop up in new places. And we're, so we're, we're street, you know, we're, we're capturing this. And then out of our hotel room, we have this massive projector on the balcony that's projecting it live 
on the building next door. So there's these like the two story tall projections of these movement sequences. Um, <laughs> it, we've never done anything like that. Like that wasn't something we do, but it was something we did now. You know, oh, you you adapted and and uh, succeeded, and you had like a, a driving movie on a wall, and you didn't need a car to watch it, right? So, That's right. That, that was different. So it I mean, was it was very different. Not on the game plan, not on the to do list, but but you know, there you are. You got to you know, you got to do what you got to do what's in front of you. Right. So you know, you're talking about some people didn't want to do a show, they didn't want to travel. So you were committed obviously and you found some other people who were committed and it uh, paid off in the end so you know yeah a, a lesson in life i guess right yes. and it, it was it was a competition as well so you were kind of the people that were judging the competition were uh blown away if you will with all of this new innovation uh that's your you know creativity at its best if you will and ingenuity and innovation <laughs> it was great. I think so. It was fun. It was it was a really, really fun and valuable experience. So I'm glad we're very thankful to have it. So it, what what kind of advice would you give to students if if they're in uh, sophomore, junior year in high school now and they're thinking about going into theater or related uh, theater subjects? What what kind of advice would you give them at this point, knowing what you just went through and what you see happening? It's funny, it's like, even though there is a global pandemic that changed everything, in some ways the advice would still be the same uh, for me, which is uh, there's a lot of ways to be a theater artist and um, like, way more ways to be a theater artist than you think that there are. So you always have to be expanding what you know, like you have to be sort of, you're constantly growing as an artist for, forever, as far as I know, so that that uh, you want to cultivate curiosity, you need to cultivate a sense of like independence in your work because you are your own little business, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so if going directly into college, there are a lot of different ways. There are conservatories, there are state schools, and there are schools with graduate programs, and they're all three very different experiences. And so I would encourage students to sort of think about what they want. You know, like going to a school with a graduate program means that there'll be older graduate students there that can help mentor you and help you learn certain skills, but it means you probably won't be featured in large roles. You know, so like there's benefits and drawbacks. I went to IUP because they did not have a graduate program and I was greedy and I wanted to be on, I wanted to star in all the shows, you know? So that that's the benefit of that. You can go to a conservatory where they sort of uh, immerse you more deeply into the field, but then you might miss out on learning aspects that will serve you later. You know, like there are no digital theater courses in, in, in college. You know, no one teaches you how to do that. So there are aspects about learning a wider base of information in, in a state school system that will serve you in a way that you may, may not be able to predict. So I think putting thought into what kind of education you want is important. Uh, you, you said colleges don't teach that digital uh, theater. Do you think that might be something that they will do when they find out you know, that was an opportunity for a lot of people? I hope so. I hope so, but I don't know. <laughs> I have a question for you, Ross. Um, what would you uh, what would you tell students, high school students who uh, want to go through the the college, if you will, 
what would what do they need to apply to a, a college for the drama for the theater department and also what kind of pieces would they need to have for the auditioning oh, process man yeah i don't know i uh <laughs> that's not really my department actually super much um i mean i monologue coaching i mean you know what kind of monologues yeah. are great for students? right yeah. right not movie monologues Okay. Don't, don't, do, movie. don't do your Al Pacino impression. Go, <laughs> go read a play and yeah. get a monologue from that. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good, it was interesting. I, 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 I had a lot of incoming freshmen I was teaching uh, this year and I gave them the, I was, I gave them the opportunity to bring in some material they wanted to work on. And it was a lot of stuff, like a lot of, uh, material from like Bojack Horseman and, um, <laughs> And Adventure Time, like a lot of animated, a lot of TV, a lot of TV. And I realized like, oh, I see point of entry for performance of a lot of young people right now, very understandably, is like TV. And it's very exciting, but it's interesting because some of that stuff is really made for a TV environment and doesn't actually work as well in a in a live one-on-one -on -one or even zoomed one-on-one -on -one setting. So I yeah, I think that I'll echo that. Like yeah. read plays, look at... Look, I mean, what, what there, there are, you know, in the old days, you'd be like, well, reading plays is hard. And it is. There's so many online resources. There are so many plays that are on YouTube that are on, like, you can watch them. You can, and I, and I recommend people watch them, read them, get a sense of like a character they're excited about or a monologue they're excited about. Um, every once in a while, adapting something from TV can work. But I, my experience has been that in general, it just works so differently. The thing that's exciting about it to mm. you isn't actually what's going to is isn't what's going to be exciting about it to to like a, a director that you're working with. And they're too short. And they're too <laughs> short. They're too short. What do you, yeah. what do you need? A fifteen minute uh, oh, monologue? Or? Goodness, no. Ninety seconds. Yeah. Ninety seconds. Okay. Whoa. A good audition. A good auditioner is prepped to come in and do yeah, like a uh, uh, like a short. Maybe maybe um, maybe just under sixty second monologue. Oh. Maybe a little more from something like contemporary, something written in like the last twenty years, something that's maybe written a little longer ago, something from Shakespeare, something from you know. Maybe we'll think about one being a little more funny and one being a little more sad. You're kind of looking for just sort of ways to 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 show off a little bit to say like I can be this and I can be that and I can. I can operate in a couple different modes, but I think the most important thing is things that you like, yeah. things that you're excited about, and you're like, "Ooh, I, I, I like this." I also say work on it with somebody, especially these days. It is not hard to find a, a director or a coach or even a fellow actor who can who can look at what you're working on, give you some advice, give you some outside pointers. It will only make what you're doing uh, better, and um, and it's easy to do. Should a student know going in that they want to do musical theater versus serious acting and film? Can they do both? They can do both, but they should be prepared to change their minds. Like, you know, like the, the, you might think you know what you want when you start a college program, but you there's so much you don't know yet. Uh, and so just being patient with yourself to be like, I think I'm into musical theater, but I'm open to learn and discover more things. It might turn out that like, well, you think you're into musical theater, but it turns out you're actually a conceptual performance artist. Who knew? You know, cause you just didn't know what conceptual performance art was when you were 18. So it's fine to have a sense of purpose and focus, but it's important to 
be flexible and and curious always always curious i mean that said universities these days especially in the last five years have started to create like theater programs that didn't often have specialized musical theater tracks that's something they've started to do mm -hmm. because i think there has been a general growth of interest in 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 musical theater it's that glee show i think i think glee had a lot to do with it <laughs> i think i think america's i think some of the talent and singing yeah. shows have also had something to do with that so I think if you if if a student is thinking that musical theater is something they might be interested in, they might be they might be they might be well advised to look and see which programs they're applying to actually have a, a focus on that because some do more than others, mm -hmm. um, and some are newer than others. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that's something they can really sort of investigate and find out if the kind of support for that is is where they're applying. I see. I see. Uh, Broadway is coming back. I think in August, maybe September, yeah. and all the shows are opening up. And I, I guess they're getting sold out already. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, but I mean, obviously, they're ready to go back. And mm -hmm. I, I, I assume that they've been rehearsing all this time, or at least you know, keeping it fresh. <laughs> well, I no. don't. That's a really good question. You know, uh, the the they went back into rehearsals this uh, really th recently. Very I recently. mean, uh, between city many between New York and I know in Philadelphia, Philadelphia city guidelines and Actors Equity uh, Union. Uh, Actors Equity is the Stage Actors Union. They have been very, very strong-handed about um, about about restrictions, and it's only very, very recently in the past few weeks that they've allowed people to come back together into a room again, mm. and usually right. with some pretty specific um, guidelines. And you know, there's a COVID officer in every production right now. There's mm. testing. There's rules about interacting in space. No more, no more coffee. So it's all yeah, yeah, yeah. The communal <laughs> coffee pot is gone right now. It's not even there. Got to be BYOB. Bring your own, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's so actually, like, we, people have not been rehearsing all this time. It's been a it's it's been a, a, a very difficult time in that way. You have to I, all, I wonder if they're going to be ready to meet that target that they've got. <laughs> so Philadelphia is opening the same time, late summer. Uh, you're a stage actor. Are you, are you going to be on stage in September? Come September. Yes. Right now, in theory, unless something changes, I will be. I'm, I'm a company member at the Wilma Theater in Philadelphia. Yeah, our, our internet was off. Um, kind of closing it up, uh, what do you think the future of theater is going to look like? I hope that the future of theater continues to use some of the digital, you know, digital things that we, we learned and benefited from. There's so many. There are so many people who got to see productions that had happened in like New York, or we, we saw this great piece that was in Russia. We got to see it because during these times, they allowed it to be streamed, which is something we would never have been able to do. You know, we saw a great, pro, we saw this great piece from a South African company. So we were able to see pieces that were from the past, but that we would never have had been able to see before. And I think that's something I, I hope the theater industry continues to embrace, which is that these some of these things can make the business, make the art much more accessible to people who may not be able to get into that theater space, either due to location or due to, you know, the theater itself not being very um, accessible. It's funny, it's like we're, we, theater is this live art, but we take our audience and we put them in the dark and we put them in little seats and we pretend that they're not there. 
Um, and so I hope <laughs> that coming out of it that we'll, we'll remember that there is an audience there and that there's a lot of ways that we can help them in the world, in the theatrical world. So that's what I hope will happen with theater. Well, that sounds interesting. And, uh, I, I, you know, you never know what to expect in this world. Things are changing so quickly. So there's a good opportunity, a good chance that that could happen. But uh, is there anything we haven't touched on today that you'd like to talk about or mention? No, I think we're just for students going into the world of, of theater, there's a lot of ways to do it. That's just what I would really want them to know. There's more ways to apply this craft yeah. and this art than you think that there are. I'd say for anyone also, if, 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 we're, if, like, if you're talking about sort of juniors and seniors in high school, I'd say look around where you are right now for for companies, for theaters, for for summer camps, for any for the for performing arts institutions or little organizations. Get involved right where you are because you're going to learn so much if you go if you if you intern someplace, if you apply to a summer program. Um, if cost is prohibitive, a lot of summer programs have scholarship programs. Like finding a way to get involved with um, like. I guess get involved at a professional level with with either that means like taking taking classes or going to a summer camp environment with professional teachers, interning or finding ways to be involved with a professional or semi-professional theater organization that's that's nearby. There, that's invaluable. That is going to give you a perspective of the larger uh, world, the larger art, the larger industry, and just the sense of also who is working in the theater and where they come from and what they want and how sort of wide and diverse that can be. I think that can really, I would love to see more students showing up at university programs with that sort of wealth and mm -hmm. knowledge of experience, um, already. I think that, mm -hmm. that, that, is that that kind of experience is invaluable and it's out there I, I guarantee you wherever you live wherever you are right now within 20 30 40 miles there's some place that is making art that is doing performance that could use your help your attention <laughs> or your time so mm -hmm. well, good great information and uh we thank you for uh being with us today and you know the old saying is whatever that doesn't kill you makes you stronger so <laughs> theater should come back a lot stronger and yeah. uh, we wish you lots of luck in the future with your acting, writing, and directing, and uh, teaching. And is there, uh, if someone wants to contact you, uh, what is the best way to do that? Brenna? For me, the, I have a website that's uh, www.die-castphilly.org. <laughs> now it's very complex, but die-castphilly.org. <laughs> and, and, okay. And Ross? Ross? Well, actually, I guess you could reach me there, too. I also have my own uh, uh, personal actor website, and it's www.rossbeschler.com. I think I think there's there's going to be a link. <laughs> right. There will be a link, and the information uh, will be given out as well when we finally uh, release the podcast. All right. Well, thank you so Thanks much again. for being thank here. Thank you. Great pleasure. Thank you all for listening. And again, it's a great... Uh, it's another career, another uh, great knowledge, and uh, right from the horse's mouth, if you will, mouths, if you will, with the different aspects of drama, theater, and art. All right, thanks a lot. See you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>